Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, what we're doing on tonight's show is listening to the most recent edition of Metal Raps. This was recorded last Sunday, September 11th, 2016. It features myself, I am Mark Striegel, along with my two buddies, Mitch Joel and Mitch LaFawn. And uh, you know the drill. We talk for, you know, 15 to 30 minutes. This one's more on the 30-minute side. So check it out and enjoy it. And give us a, a like on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Here you go. Well, hey there, and welcome to episode number 33 of Metal Raps. My name is Mitch Joel, and as always, I am joined by Talking Metal's Mark Striegel. Mark, how's it going? Good, Mitch. How are you? Great. And, of course, we are also with the other Mitch, the one-on-one with Mitch LaFon. Mitch LaFon. Good day. Good day. Always a pleasure to do these. 33. Who knew we'd get this far? And here we are, which is exciting. So I think I was the most uh, metal concert-attending person in the group Last week, I was in Cleveland, Ohio, doing the closing keynote of the first day of Content Marketing World. And this is one of these strange stories where, like, I actually frantically had to call Mitch LaFon on the phone. Here's what happens. I get in Cleveland, Ohio, check into the hotel, walking to get my badge to the conference, and I hear somebody say that tonight they're going to see ACDC. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what? And I sort of stopped them and go, sorry, here in Cleveland? They're like, yeah, apparently this was one of the makeup dates that they had to do. Um, It was not a stadium show. It was actually moved to the Quicken Loans Arena. So that's the sort of basketball or if you're in Canada, hockey size arena. Axel, of course, uh, from GNR back with ACDC non-broken leg and i sort of frantically went on StubHub, didn't see any great tickets texted mitch called mitch nothing could be done and then by i don't know what the graces of whomever there was one seat on Ticketmaster that was just prime and pumped and if you follow me on facebook you'll see some uh, pretty interesting live videos and, and pictures that i posted but i will tell you this and i don't know um mark if you caught the show or not not yet i go on wednesday uh, awesome I, I got to say, I, I you know, Mitch LaFon keeps joking that I have to eat crow and everything I say about Axl Rose. And this is definitely me falling on the sword on my knees, full brunt, face in mud, 
Um, incredible show. I'll tell you a couple things that were great. You know, one is, like I said, getting to see them in an arena with Axe without a broken leg, with ACDC, just felt to me like a moment in time that not many people will get to experience. So that was one thing. But I was really skeptical of Axel because I'd seen a bunch of videos and I'd seen that, you know, three, four songs in, gets a little pitchy, gets a little sort of mic to the crowd, um, you know, maybe sort of doesn't go for all the high notes. This show was insane, and Axel killed it. I mean, he did not go anywhere but exactly where the high notes called to go, carried it through the whole show to the point where even at the end was doing sort of off-kilter crazy screams. And I'll tell you, what was most amazing about this show for me is that it was a a regular arena show, and I just figured this is going to be your standard 11 p.m. curfew going on. And I had to leave at 11.45, and there were still about three or four songs left, according to Setlist FM. It was just – I mean, they kept going and playing and going and playing, and it really was – a fantastic show. What time did was, they start? They were pretty tight. I mean, I had heard a, a start time of around 9 p.m. There was an opening band, and they went on. You know, shortly thereafter, it wasn't that bad at all. And you know, all guns blazing. The band sounded amazing. Axel sounded incredible. I have my own full version of Back in Black that I haven't posted on Facebook, but I'll try and sort of get it up maybe on YouTube because it's just, I want people to really see what this is. A couple of the videos, I remember, Mark, you were speaking earlier about um, Angus is playing on a couple of the songs, right. particularly there's some video of Thunderstruck, and you feel that a little bit. But when he when he's not forced to play fast and he's in that sort of bluesy, his own feel of solo, you would think he's 19 still. It's unbelievable wow. to watch and see. Unbelievable show. Wow. Well, I can't so, wait. I'm going on uh, Wednesday for their makeup show at Madison Square Garden, so can't wait. And that's also an arena show that you've got. Yeah, which which was originally scheduled at Madison Square Garden in April. Um, I have the tickets right here in front of me. but uh, So am I wrong? What, was this not a stadium tour? Am well, I, wrong well I think you are wrong. Um, I'm not 100% sure on Cleveland, but uh, I'm pulling out my tickets right now. Yeah, well, it's, uh, well it's, let me uh, jump in on that because the answer is April yes 4th, and no. Yeah. The first leg that they did last year that came to the Olympic Stadium in Montreal was let's do the stadium things. And then this was a second leg which had moved into the arenas in North America. In Europe, it was still doing uh, doing stadiums. And so these are the makeup dates of the second leg of the arena dates. So it's both a stadium tour and an arena tour, if if that sort of all made sense right there. Yeah, and if I I had to... Guess what you saw, Mitch, in Cleveland. I would think that that probably was originally scheduled for an arena because okay, right, um, yeah, yeah, the Sorry. stadium tour they it was did, a second leg. Yeah, I saw the the stadium tour at at MetLife, the same place I uh, we just saw Guns and Roses, and that um that uh, that that was awesome, and I'm guessing sold out. And then they uh, came back around and did did an arena tour, which then they bailed on, you know, because of brian johnson so the show that you saw mitch in montreal the olympic stadium that was with brian johnson um i actually didn't get to go to it for for whatever reason but it was a brian johnson show absolutely 
great set list. Uh, I'm not going to blow it all for for you, Mark, in terms of what goes where, but everything from You Shook Me All Night Long to TNT to a whole lot of Rosie to Highway to Hell to Back in Black to a whole bunch of surprises to great set list, great energy uh, the whole way through. Uh, you are going to have an incredible night. Good. Can't wait. My babysitter has to leave it at midnight, though. So it, if they're Pay still, more. yeah, Pay if, more. if they're still, uh, if they're still playing, yeah, I don't know if I can. But. Send your wife home in a taxi. But yeah, I was, possibly. yeah, I was disappointed when I went on to Setlist FM and saw what I missed. So you might really? want to okay. pack the babysitter for a little bit later on that okay. one for All right. sure. All right, very good. Here, very here's good. the question, though: What's the future of ACDC now? Do they do some more shows later on with with Axel? Do they get Brian back, or is it just like, hey, you know what? We're done. Like, where do you see it going? Me? Either one of you. Yeah, Mark, you you start. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think they're in a, a strange position now because, you know, Cliff Williams has come out and said he, he's done after this run of makeup shows with, with Axel, and basically at that point it's just angus now it's you know it, i i don't know i i don't know i think uh angus has said that that he's not sure what he's gonna which what he's gonna keep doing I, i'm pretty sure that's what he said and and i i i don't know i i think um i think it's probably over that's my my gut uh initially i was your, thinking they would, they would, i i think uh, it's tough. I'd love to see a, a, a studio record with Axel. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, there you go. And nice. That's, that's I think it would be a, a, an anomaly, a, a little freaky, a little strange. But for me personally, yeah, I'd love to see that. That would be great. Yeah. Bring I mean, in somebody really- good to produce it too. Like I, I feel like the last couple records by ACDC for me personally have have not been amazing. They've just been kind of good and yeah, like. They sound like kind of ACDC, but they just don't have that fire that some of the early Brian Johnson stuff and all the Bon Scott stuff had. I would love to see him bring in some sort of good producer who can help him go back to that just raw sound and, and do do one more record with Axel. That'd be great. I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah, I think I think pushing it further, they're in a really precarious situation. It's 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 both great. You know, Chris Slade was brought in as a drummer because all the issues they had with he who shall remain nameless because he's basically criminal issues going on there. And yeah, it just sounds like it's Angus. Um, you know, Mark's going to go in the direction of studio album. I would love to see some sort of like Vegas thing where Angus brings in a bunch of real killer singers and goes at it with like a whole sort of like almost a tribute to the music of. Um, and then again, wishful thinking would be that Brian somehow manages to reconcile with Angus and something can be reconciled and pulled together. And I'd, I'd be into that too. I thought that Brian was doing a bang up job up until everything seemed to implode. Right. Definitely. Mitch, well, what do you want to have happen? Oh, easy. Uh, a, a live album of some kind or a live DVD package of what just went on. With Axel, I agree. With Axel, absolutely. Because he, he killed those songs. It, to have Back in Black with Axel's voice in my record collection would be, would be absolutely stunning. And then, listen, a new album with Axel. I, I, 
it's nice to have Brian there and stuff. I have nothing against Brian, but I think the future for ACDC lies with Axel. And I know that sounds strange to say, but I think it created an excitement not seen in rock in many, many years. And I think it should go on for three or four years. It shouldn't just be sort of this one and one and done summer kind of thing. It sh- it should be, you know, 2020, the the farewell tour with Axel and, uh, you know, whoever on bass, if Tommy Stinson can come and play bass, I don't care. Just let's just keep it going. I'll yeah. tell you an interesting story too that happened at this show that I'm not sure I captured, but I'm going to sort of parlay against the person who told me the story, but good buddy of mine is Jason Miller. You can check out his photography. I think it's Rock and Roll Cocktail. He's an amazing concert photographer. Also happens to be in a similar world as I am. He's a very senior guy at LinkedIn, believe it or not. He literally jumps into shows and shoot shows and he shot uh, that show. And he told me, I didn't see this. He said that people were booing Axel and that Axel sort of went out on the elongated stage and sort of like put his hand out like this is my arena, like I'm going to do this. And obviously Axel totally killed it that night and, and was great. Or he had said something to Angus like they're not booing you, they're booing me. And he made a comment like that. So – it, again, even when I posted this stuff on Facebook, you know, Mitch, you had shared some of it. You saw some of the vitriol that comes in. People really, there is a strong sentiment that this is a cover band and no longer ACDC. So I, I don't know how this is going to sway. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I know how I want it to sway. So we'll let, let, we'll see. Only time will know. Only time Mark, will tell. Look for that too when you see the show. I'm curious to see how New York reacts to that and if there is any of that booing as well. Right. Uh, Look, while we're on the subject of GNR and arenas versus stadiums, GNR had a pretty insane run, apparently, with these stadiums. The the numbers were really, really staggering. Uh, they generated, what was it, $100 million or over $100 million. $117 million. Unbelievable. Over 1 million tickets sold. Uh, which is really a staggering amount for any rock band. So this is basically what I'm 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 leading to understand is about 25 concerts in 21 different stadiums. And the big news, and Mark, you had talked about this before yeah. we hopped on, was what happened at the MetLife Stadium, which is what, which is an amazing thing that they basically did something like close to 12 million bucks just at the MetLife Stadium, two shows, over a hundred thousand fans in those two concerts. Yeah. That's just unbelievable. Which were were in. New yeah. Jersey, but of course we're the we're the New York shows. So you had people coming in from Long Island and New York City and all over New Jersey for those. Yeah, so I guess it's it it's it's mind boggling, but maybe maybe not that surprising when you look at the big picture, you know. Well, yeah, look, you know where you know where I sit on this. I'm I'm not I'm not only staggered that it made it out of out of the garage and out of the rehearsal studio onto the road like that. I mean, I saw that number and I, I just I couldn't believe it. Mitch, you were going to say. Well, it also stimulated back catalog sales, which is not accounted for in that $117 million. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but apparently Appetite and Chinese and all the back catalog shot up like 130% or, or something astronomical. So it made it, you know 117 on ticket sales, but I don't even know if that includes merch, and it certainly doesn't include back catalog stimulation. And Overall, they must have easily made, who knows, 150, 200 with, if you factor in absolutely everything. So, you know, kudos to the guys. 
Look, we've ranted about this so many times on so many episodes, even leading up to the rumors that this might happen, which is going back you know, a long, long time now. And I, I wonder if you see a correlation between this number coming out and a tweet that's gone insanely viral, which is from Izzy Stradlin, former guitarist in the band, who – Mitch, why don't you – you have the exact tweet. Do you know what he said? Yeah, well, I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but I can look it up. But he, he basically said – um, I wasn't part of this because they didn't want to distribute the dole out the money equally or something like that. Now everybody, he he didn't mention Guns and Roses by name, but a lot of people did the two plus two and came up with ah he's taking a shot at guns. And uh, you know, listen, it, it's hard to say if he deserves a fifth. There's those that say, well, he wrote the songs, he did, but he quit in 1991. There, there's got to be something about if you walk away. You don't get to come back and 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 jump right back into the game at at equal share. I mean, it's it's might be nasty to say, but that's how I feel about it. I, I just wondered if the, the timing seems strange that that tweet really came out right around the same time that the numbers were announced. Mark, did you did you happen to connect those little dots? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And and I I think you know he was sure he he really did provide some great songwriting and was absolutely a, 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 an important element as all five of them were on, on that first record and the illusion records too, of course, but, um, and lies, lies, lies and all that. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know something about, about, about the uh, Izzy. I, I feel like he should have, uh, I, I know they most likely. It sounds like from his his tweet that they they offered him some money to come do some songs with him, with them or whatever, and he turned it down. In my opinion, he should have taken what he what he could what he could get and 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 ran with it. You know. Yeah, just, because zero is a lot less than what he would have. Anyway, I have right. the tweet. It says bullshit. They didn't want to split the loot equally. Simple as that. Moving right along. Doesn't mention Guns and Roses, but you got to think that that's. What he was referring to, yeah. And I, I don't, I, I don't know if you can move right along when you see a number like a hundred and twenty million dollars. Exactly. It can't be just the, you know, whatever. Move along. Well, you, what, well here's the question: What would the tour have made? Because with Izzy on board, you know, one hundred and seventeen okay. million. Okay, but but here, but here's the thing, exactly. and this is I, I always call this what I call the Who question, right? The Who question is: You have a band where it's basically Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey. It is impossible not to think of obviously Keith Moon passed away, but John Entwistle still on the bass. You know, really important to the sound. But I do still believe that it is it is. Roger Daltrey and Pete Towns. I, I believe that, and I'm a bass player, and I love John Entwistle, but the band always split it four ways. It's just how they operated, same with Van Halen, how they acted. Back in the day. Say, right, and so... The police, same thing. Yeah, so if you think about it, I, I actually don't think it's it's just G&R. I think it's almost every band. You always have one or two who are the ones who are more in the spotlight, and I think it's the function of the band that says, listen... We're still going to go at this as a band. Like, look at Maroon Five. You may not like the band, but just look at Adam Levine's Star versus the others. He goes out; they go out as a band. As far as I know, it's split evenly. Now you could go, well, Adam's a fool for doing that, or Adam's a really smart guy because he keeps his ba- 
band together that way. I don't think there's a right or wrong in this scenario. So I don't think it's about would the tour have generated more if Izzy was on it. I think it's more a question of would the tour have been more interesting had it really been Steve Adler, Izzy Stradlin, you know, whoever else was going to float in from those sort of earlier days. So again, I don't think it's just a question of earning more. I think it's a question of more of is this still a reunion versus it being the GNR band with you know the the addition of Slash. It, well, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a reunion. Axel, I don't think Axel wanted it to be a reunion. They played four Chinese democracy songs most nights. You know, it was like... Th- well, th- apparently this... Slash and Duff offered to do those, and Axel never asked, mm. apparently. Yeah, that's that's what Axel said in, in the interview. But, right. yeah, uh, I, I, I think... I don't know how Axel views this, but I think Axel views it as... My guess is he views it that this is... Duff and Slash rejoining the band, you know, and and some other little shakeups. You know, Pittman was out, and uh, well, it was you know, dubbed whatever, the return but... of Guns N' Roses. Remember that it was called the return officially, not, okay. not the reunion. But right. uh, the other thing you have to look for also is the long term arc on this with Slash and Duff, and they're making the money. This probably could go on two, three, four, maybe five years. You bring in Steven and Izzy, who knows? It might have imploded before we got out of rehearsal. It might have imploded by May. It, you know, the, the, yes, it would have been more interesting, and yes, it would have been more of the real thing, and yes, it would have been a reunion, but it also might not have gone on. And if they're looking at playing into 2017, you know, Izzy and Steven might not have, have come along for the ride, and so they put all this effort into making something happen, and then it implodes, but with Slash and Duff and Frank and Richard, you know, for better or for worse, it's going to move forward until you decide we don't want it to move forward anymore. So there's also that to take into consideration. And I got to yeah. say, after, again, seeing Axel with ACDC, that lack of volatility and seeing the persistence of his voice and the power of it, I, I really do have a newfound energy and excitement over GNR. And even if they did a studio album or you just said continued out, going out on tour, I don't think they're in that place of implosion, even because of what typically we would have seen as the volatility of Axel. just doesn't seem to be there anymore. It just seems right. to be killing it. Right, and they might have been if they had all original five guys because some of the old wounds might have opened up. You, you don't know. So, you know, I think we got the three guys that make a huge difference to the live show. Izzy makes a huge difference in the studio with the songs. But, you know, I think we got the best that, that's available right now and good for the band, good for the $117 million they made, right. you know. Last thought before we bail, because I know we're running a little long here, but I want to talk about what is looking like a serious and major upcoming Metallica tour. I got to say, when they launched Hardwired and loved the song and was watching the videos and releasing the book and all that stuff, I really thought this was going to be more of a fly-in tour, do a Thursday, a Saturday, Sunday, one here, one there. It looks like what we are seeing is Metallica is going to do like a hardcore massive tour again. Am I just... Be wrong about that or is that what's happening mark um that's what it sounds like and i tell you i can't i can't wait i mean I know, can't the, wait. The, gun, the guns thing was was enormous for me the the sabbath thing i just saw them a couple weeks ago uh enormous it's like i need something next year that's that's just gonna get get me really you know worked up and excited and that's it it's metallica i i definitely want to catch this tour numerous times you know, like 
Mitch and I, Mitch Lafon and I, have spoken about the fact that they always mix up the set list. is 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 also awesome. I mean, Guns mixed the set list up a little bit, but so many of these bands that we love, Kiss, Sabbath, Maiden, they just go out and they do the same thing over and over and over and over again. Well, I, it's I, hard to change the tape that they're playing to some of those bands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I don't know about Maiden. I, Maiden, I, I don't think Maiden. Or you know, Sabbath. I just saw them, and I'm, I'm, you know, Ozzy's voice in New Jersey was so freaking good, and we were right up front. And there's no way I was watching him, like every time his lips moved. There was no way it was a tape. There was no way. And no, but there is a couple men behind the curtains there, from what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, Adam Wakeman, who has been on the show recently with us, but, uh, but. I, He's really the only guy behind the curtain, I think, at this okay. point. But might be wrong about that. Super interesting. So we might as well now go into what we've been listening to and checking out. Um, I'll start with you, Mitch. What have you been checking out? Well, I'll tell you what. I have been checking out a CD called Live at the Rambling Man Fair. It is a, a concert that was put out in England earlier this year that featured Thin Lizzy, Thunder, uh, Inglorious and a whole bunch of other things. Over on Pledge Music, they they made this triple CD, one song from every band, and it's raising money for a charity. And so it's it's just a great little package. And and in the car, I've made a forty song Van Halen playlist that has been keeping me entertained. So those are them for this week. Amazing, Mitch. What are you checking out, Mark? Or Mark? <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Mark. No worries. Uh, you know, you know what surprised we me. We need a third Mitch. We really do. But yeah. Mark, are you willing to change your name legally to Mitch <laughs> no, Regal? <laughs> not, not yet. Maybe by episode fifty, we'll see. Uh, that would be great. The, Triple M, go ahead. Yeah, the uh, Jackal. The, they have a new record out. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Rowico is Ro- what Jesse told me. Yeah, yeah. Rowico. Yeah. I, I honestly, it's I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it is and and no disrespect towards jackal but uh you know i I think i'm interviewing jesse in a couple weeks and somebody sent me the record and i checked it out and i put it on you know not not expecting much and wow it's great the songs have that blues hard rock metal thing going it's it's his voice sounds fantastic really well crafted songs some of the goofiness that we expect from jackal but also some of the just straight ahead hard rocker songs hard hard rock and blues songs and it's a really fun listen cool um i'm checking out local band slaves on dope they are back right. with a brand new album called horse they have a new single out which features uh which guy from run dmc who, who who's the daryl mcdaniels and guess who set that up for Jason? yeah our own little mitch lafon helped help put to make right. the magic happen with our great album uh yep. coming out really really soon also, brand new album that I'm really liking is of Mice and Men, uh, Cold World. Um, big fan of the producer, David Bendeth, who actually back in the day was the main A&R guy at BMG up here in Canada and a close friend of mine. So anytime he's working on an album, I sort of like check it out. And then here it comes out and it's doing absolutely amazing. Uh, to speak to your Van Halen little playlist, the other thing I'll recommend is hopping over to YouTube and doing a search for The Circle, which is Sammy Hagar's band. Yeah. Lots of live videos being featured up there band features him jason bonham on drums michael anthony on bass and i can't remember the other guitarist's name 
mean? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but you get to hear all the Van Halen classics, and they're pretty awesome, and it's a lot of fun to check out. So Slaves on Dope, The Circle on YouTube, and of Mice and Men's brand new Cold World. As always, we love uh, getting together and talking about metal. Um, Mitch, who do you have coming up on your show? Well, I've got Simone Simons from Epica, Monty Pittman, who has a new solo album, and also he is Madonna's guitarist, and uh, a lot more, uh, a lot, lot more coming up. And what's happening on Talking Metal, Mark? Uh, we have, uh, we had recently Adam Wakeman from Ozzy's band, uh, which is a great interview, great guy. He actually got us backstage at Black Sabbath, which is uh, a blast so much fun at that show but coming up we have randy jackson from zebra we have jeff tate we mm. have john Krabi, all in the can ready to go um and possibly metal church that isn't recorded yet but um we'll see but yeah those uh, three in the can Krabi, tate and randy jackson and, awesome. and if I may, I forgot one thing. Uh, since we were speaking of, of Van Halen, I interviewed Mitch Malloy, who was technically the guy who replaced Sammy Hager. At least uh, they rehearsed together. They did, they did a couple of songs, and he talks all about that. So that will be coming up as well. And I didn't give my opinion on Metallica. Yes, I see a full world tour coming up. So be ready, folks. We're going to do multi multi gigs is the plan for sure. Um, you can always find me at at Mitch Joel on Twitter. Or check out my podcast. The other podcasts were just called Groove the No Trouble Podcast, where I'm slowly trying to build the largest oral history of electric bass players. Latest episode is up now with Tim Lefebvre, who actually, really interesting enough, was the bass player who played on the last David Bowie album. So a pretty amazing artist, pretty amazing. And I've got coming up Doug Wimbish, who's mostly known now for playing in Living Color, and Rudy Sarzo, who is quite riot, Ozzy, Whitesnake, on and on. So a little bit more of sort of more metal in that show, lots of jazz usually, but that's... Yeah, the guy from uh, Tower of Power, what was that guy's name uh, that you interviewed? A weather report. Yeah, you a mean, weather report. Yeah, not tell. Yeah, Miroslav yeah. Vitus, who's oh, okay, a, yeah. a really fascinating guy as well, for sure. It's, yeah, it's a lot a of fun interview. to do that show. Yeah. So you can check that out at notrouble.com forward slash podcast or groove. Um, Mitch, let people know where they can find you. At Mitch Lafon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N, on Twitter and one-on-one Mitch Lafon on Facebook. And uh, please listen to the show on iTunes, Spreaker, iHeartRadio. Uh, one-on-one with Mitch LaFont, available everywhere for download. And Mark? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm trying to get the Facebook presence going a little more and posting Mitch's show, my show, Metal Rap Show, all on the Talking Metal Digital Facebook page. I used to have like numerous Talking Metal Facebook pages, but they recently let me combine them all into one page. So it's facebook.com slash talkingmetaldigital. Go give that a like. Nice. We love it. All right. And we'll be back real soon with episode number 34 of Metal Raps. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.